What it do, baby? Welcome back to another new episode of the Patty Melt Boys NBA Pod. I am your host, Matt Edlin, joined as always by my co-host, Ben Ryder. We are your NBA Summer League Insiders. And hey, Ben, microphone boys in the building. We're I official. Our, I hope our sound quality is a little better this week. Uh, shout out to Brendan Vote of the DNVR for... for uh, he said we had good rapport. I would agree with him. He said we knew our stuff. I would agree with him. Uh, he just said, hey, quick little fix. Uh, buy some cheap microphones and it'll it'll up the uh, quality of your podcast. So we did it. And I think, at least in my headphones, it sounds pretty damn good. So I hope it transfers to the recordings. Anything for our listeners. Anything just, for just anything you for guys you guys. Out. Yes. Uh, so we we do have a lot to discuss today, but first... Big news coming out of the NBA today, Ben. Um, out of the league office this morning, Woj, Zach Lowe, and Brian Windhorst reported on ESPN that the NBA's Board of Governors met today to discuss, or were our meeting, possibly right now, um, to discuss possible changes for the upcoming 2020-2021 season. Topics were to include starting the season as quickly as possible, possibly Christmas, playing fewer than 82 games and not waiting for fans to be permitted to all league arenas. Then Shams came from the top rope about a couple hours ago, Ben, and this is exciting. Shams reported only a few hours ago that the league office informed the board of governors today that it is targeting to start the 2021 season on December 22nd, winter solstice, Ben, <laughs> just three days before Christmas. So there would be Christmas How could games. I forget. Exactly. What, what is your deal? And uh, they would like to play a 72-game schedule. Woj has since reported that it, it's uh, negotiating 70 to 72 games. We like to get really specific on the PMB NBA pod. So this would mean a return close to the NBA's normal schedule, though not 82 games. We'd, we'd shorten it a little bit. Um, it would it would mean significant financial ramifications to start early a potential finish before the 2021 summer Olympics and allow a window for stars to play in those Olympics. If they choose all very important considerations and things I've been hearing for a couple of weeks on different uh, podcasts that I listened to the NBA does want to continue incorporating the play in tournament that was utilized in the Disney bubble to determine the eight seeds in both conferences and the NBPA, the players association would need to sign off on any plan to start on December 22nd. So these negotiations uh, and next season start date are still in flux. Just want to get that across, of course, as well. The league and the MBPA have apparently met several times since the conclusion of the finals to discuss the financial and scheduling challenges ahead. Talks between the two sides have reportedly been productive, which is normal for this league. I feel like, of course, there's been there's been some strikes and stuff, um, but they're they're generally, I think, the players' association in the league. Unlike baseball earlier this year, um, they seem to get along pretty well or have a lot of the same goals uh, in mind. So, also according to Shams, around the NBA, league governors and executives, as well as star players, have become aware of the league aiming toward a start around Christmas Christmas Day which is quicker than most thought would be the case. An increasing number of those people have also warmed to the possibility due to the fact that it is in the best interest of returning to the NBA's typical schedule, generating revenue. One high-ranking team official told The Athletic, quote, it may be too quick, but it also makes too much sense. Woj added that as a majority of the league's current markets aren't allowing large gatherings of people, as well as the ominous current trajectory of the virus, the NBA has become less apt to delay the start of the season and wait on a return of fans. Hopefully we can return to arenas at some point, Ben. I'm really looking forward to that day, whenever it is, hopefully next spring, late spring, early summer. Uh, either way, won't be for a while. Ben, how do you like them apples? I love them apples. I, do I love too. it. Um, yeah. I gotta say, I uh, I think it was your dad um, who had the had said, I don't know, summer basketball just doesn't seem right. And, it was my you dad. Know, I was okay with summer basketball, but uh, here we're getting into late October, kind of around the time the NBA is usually starting up. Yep. And even though we just had it, Matt, I miss it. Uh, I do too. I miss just being able to turn on a random game on a weeknight, 
uh, and see like the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, play the Raptors or something. Hell so yeah. I miss it. I want it back. Um, and I think we've talked about it before. Those like the around Christmas start date would be great. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit out there, but it is a pretty quick turnaround uh, for the players. And so, yeah, I'm pumped. And I, I think also, I mean, one big concern that you covered is that like, you know, we're not going to have a, a vaccine that's widely distributed by early January uh, February, March, when the league was kind of looking at getting going before. Yep. And, uh, so the longer you push it back, you know, I think it's, it's just going to then delay things. And I think they're worried about messing up the 2021, 22, no, it'd be 22, 23 season. I don't know. No, you're right. Um, 2021, 20, 22. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I think it's great. Um, if they can pull it off, um, and if they can do it safely and stuff, like it's going to be good to good to get the NBA back kind of on a uh, regular schedule and get some winter basketball like it's supposed to be. Exactly. Back. So uh, yeah. I think it's great. It was indeed my dad who said he and he ended up watching a lot, I think, because it was on, especially before football came. I know I know there's been a lot of complaints or not complaints, just, you know, some people kind of. uh gloating that the nba had bad ratings but ratings across the board for all sports are down the nba definitely had pretty decent ratings until the nfl came back and then they kind of you know waited in the wrong direction but um i'm i'm craving it too i want to be at the home opener tonight i feel like the nuggets i don't know if the nba schedule just allows for this the nba schedule usually seems to start on like a tuesday or a wednesday uh, with their with their openers and then the Nuggets home opener the last few years has always been on a Friday night. And that's a great mm-hmm. night to go to your first game of the year. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do miss it. I mean, obviously, we just saw some basketball only a couple of weeks ago. But I love Christmas games. That all-day slate of NBA games on Christmas Day is one of the best sports days of the year for me. It might be the best. Like, the Super Bowl's great, but it's not always, like, it's one game. You're waiting all yep. day for it. You're not going to watch. I mean, I'm not because I'm not as big of an NFL fan. I'm not going to watch a, a whole day's worth of lead up to a Super Bowl unless maybe my team's in at the Broncos. But I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm hopeful that they will get this done. As it said in the report there, a lot of the league, including governors, executives, star players are warming up to the idea of this happening. And I think you are spot on when you talked about not affecting the 2021-2022 season. I've heard more of that in podcasts, uh, specifically the Bill Simmons podcast. Again, we're hoping to get him on for our 100th episode. We're on episode 19 here. So A fifth of the way there, pretty much. Or a fifth of the way there. That's exciting. But I've heard that that is a serious concern because if you wait around too long, then you mess up next year too. So I get the temptation to wait until maybe February or March so that fans can come back, but they're still at least maybe going to be able to come back at least, at least partially in some of those arenas. Um, So, so like, like we said, a big reason why this is uh, now maybe taking place earlier than they would have thought previously is that they can't wait around for the virus. It's going to be around for a while. So I'm excited. Another Another big uh, factor here is the Olympics, which I'd heard a few people talking about that. And it's true. I think it definitely matters for these Team USA players. I do have a little tidbit in here. Um, USA basketball has begun reaching out to star players to gauge their interest in the Olympics should the end date of the season provide ample time to prepare for the games. this is big. I, I feel like a lot of the stars though, aren't going to, aren't maybe won't play maybe yeah. players like, I don't know. KD's already won a few. Um, I think he was planning on playing him and Steph play. We're all planning on playing this last summer, but with it being delayed, sure. They have more time to rest up, but after two marathon seasons, you know, especially with this off season about to be so short, I'm not so sure it's going to be so star-studded, but the U.S. should still be able to uh, put up, put out a pretty good team, I would say. Yeah, I so. mean, the, the player that I think will be really interesting to see uh, is LeBron, who just, you know, 
played, you know, all the way through the finals. Yeah. Um, we'll be, you know, playing again this season, although I expect him to, you know, not uh, overdo it in the regular season. But then, you know, to go into the Olympics, that's a lot of basketball lined up um, with not a lot of rest time. Yeah. But it's kind of, it might be his last shot or last chance to play. So one uh, of, yeah. I'll, I'll be uh, pretty interested to see what he does. I said one of, but you're right. For the Olympics, it's his, it's his last shot. And he sat out the last Olympics, uh, maybe the last two even. I think just the last one. I think he was on the 2012 team. I don't know if he was planning on playing in 2020. But let's talk about how this will affect players going into the next season. It's a short offseason. Um, this is kind of for de- development for younger players. I'm not sure it's going to help. I do think it'll help with with uh, some of those younger players as far as being able to jump right into another season. But I think of players like MPJ and Bull Bull for our Nuggets, they're not going to have as long of an offseason to kind of hone their skills, hone in on what they wanted to achieve. And if it's, if, I mean, they might've had plans, literally, they probably had plans with their trainers, with their teams, like spelled out until maybe January maybe knowing they had to be flexible and have to compress that a little, but I do wonder how this affects teams and players. Let's talk about players first. I mean, development could hurt here. It might be more of a learn on the fly thing during a, during a 72 game season next year. Yeah. I mean, it will be, I think the teams that will be really interesting to watch are kind of the teams that maybe like didn't go to the bubble, especially like the golden state warriors who haven't played a basketball game since february or march i guess it would be yeah um you know that's a that's a long break and they also had a lot of key players that have been out longer than that so it'd be interesting to compare them with teams teams like the nuggets who then who have played a lot uh together Mm -hmm. recently um and and i don't i actually don't really have a feeling about you know which team has the advantage either way you could say look teams that have been in the bubble have continuity going into next season um but you know they also just don't have a ton of rest and i think your point about young players not being able to kind of just focus on their skills in the off season is is a good one one that i hadn't really thought about um but that could sort of hurt teams like the nuggets as well uh especially with you know two guys that i think they're going to be relying on going forward um to develop a lot so yeah rest is a big part of this and i mean the nuggets are pretty young i think the young legs will help them two months is still a break it's not like they're going to be running ragged the whole time the whole two months um but yeah i mean the nuggets too they played sure the last series they only played five games but they played two seven game series as well um you know, I, I think that could definitely uh, affect some teams, maybe not so much the the Nuggets being a little younger. How will it affect you? You'd brought up continuity. I think continuity maybe in the long term is going to be more of a benefit here. So again, going back to the Nuggets, as I always do, their continuity as a team being together for so long will help them more than say just a team like the Clippers who made it two rounds in the, in the, you know, NBA bubble I mean does that make I think that makes sense I think the teams like and going into their offseason does this now change maybe hey the Nuggets were probably going to lean into more continuity again probably we're going to hold off on making a big move in my opinion but now do they definitely say let's hold off because we don't have much of an offseason it might be better for us not to shake things up yeah I mean I think you're right that I think teams just in general, especially now with the shortened off season uh, will be less likely to shake things up and make a big move. I mean, I think also just because of uh, you know, the revenue sharing and the the salary cap right now are so in flux for the teams yeah. that uh, I think you, you're just not going to see a lot of big moves this off season. Um, I, you know, it was interesting to see, uh, the Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta, Fertitta, whichever you prefer. <laughs> yeah. You um, say Fertitta, I, I say Fertitta. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, I saw, I think there's speculation that after D'Antoni left and after Daryl Morey left that, you know, now is the time that they should blow it up, maybe trade Harden, trade Westbrook. And he said, no, um, they're not going to do that. And I, I kind of think that's going to be the sentiment 
at least going into the year for a lot of teams is just kind of run it back. Uh, last year's a weird year. This year's going to be a weird year too. Um, yeah. Let's uh, just see what we can do. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. We'll talk a little bit about the Houston Rockets here in a little bit. One thing you did mention was the salary cap. We don't know what it's going to be. Uh, we still don't know when free agency starts. The draft, I think we have some draft news at the end of the show that I'm pretty confident means that it will still be on November 18th. But uh, part of this reporting today included the collective bargaining agreement also still needs to be completed. And October 30th, next Friday, is the date the NBA and Players Association agreed to have those discussions completed by. That agreement will reset the salary cap and luxury tax numbers and allow teams, agents, and players to have more time to prepare for the financial realities of the pandemic's impact on the league. As we said, moving the league up um, is apparently going to have some positive ramifications on that. So I hope that's true. Silver has told, Adam Silver, the commissioner, has told the NBA Players Association that there would be at least eight weeks between an agreement and the formal start of next season, and that October 30th date would mark roughly eight weeks until Christmas. So it's all happening rather quickly, and I think a return to a normalist schedule would be welcomed. It sounds like that's probably, if the league has, if, if talks have been ongoing with the Players Association, and the league is now telling the Board of Governors that their goal is to start December 22nd, I have a feeling the Players Association is also on that same page. Maybe there's still some separation there, but I think they're probably, it's probably heading that way, no matter what happens here, is my guess. So you had mentioned that. Another little tidbit I had about this, um, the NBA continues to prefer in-market play for the 2021 season. They're also looking into ways to reduce travel during the season, which makes sense with covid including the possibility of playing a team multiple times in one location, staying in that market. For example, here, the Nuggets would play both of their home games against the Lakers and other teams in the span of a few days. And when they're traveling to other places like LA, they would play both their, both of their away games against the Lakers and the Clippers on the same road trip. So (laughs) I imagine this is going to create some scheduling headaches. I also imagine the league has already started trying to figure out that. So hopefully they're, they're figuring it out. Um, I just think that's, that's smart with COVID. You kind of, it, it creates not like week long, but like maybe week long, if you're going to LA or New York for, for a Western conference team, you only need to play the Knicks and the Nets, uh, Boston Celtics, Washington wizards, you can do like a week long trip or a two week long trip, do an East coast run, two week long trip, do a West coast run. And then you can have your home games all in like a two or three week span, not all, but you know, in chunks. I think that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, no, definitely. I I mean, it will be kind of in some ways fun to watch as well. It's like Um, a series. It's like the uh, major league baseball. Yeah. And I mean, it, it will probably result in like games kind of being packed in really close. Uh, so you're watching a bunch of your team for, you know, a week or two, and then it's kind of their space further out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it will be weird, but I think it will be kind of fun, a different change of pace. I think it could add a dimension. I, a lot was made about the teams that were in the bubble and the teams kind of the final four teams of mm-hmm. the Nuggets, the Lakers, um, the Celtics, uh, and um the heat that they were kind of the toughest teams mentally tough teams that they yeah. had like they battled back um and definitely the nuggets battled back and uh you know teams like the clippers <laughs> not so mentally tough yeah and a lot was made of that i think and i think though like that's going to carry over in the next year that there's going to be teams put in a lot of situations that are not uh really easy you know being on the road living in like a hotel for two weeks uh, is not fun, um, especially in COVID times. And so I think it's going to be tough, um, especially if teams are kind of losing. And so I think it will add that dimension of what teams kind of have that extra bit of grit, if you want to call it grit. Yeah, I'd call it grit and I'd call it chemistry. And again, you know, we talk about it with the Nuggets all the time. They have really good continuity too, but that chemistry that they have is undeniable. Um, and, and another good point, we don't know anything about what the COVID co- uh, protocols are going to be here. Uh, I know that the NBA has been paying attention to Major League Baseball and the NFL. The NFL has had a lot of trouble. Baseball had a lot of trouble at the beginning. And I feel like they've kind of figured it out now, especially with the World Series. You're in a bubble anyway. 
down in Arlington, but uh, we'll see what comes of that. We might hear more after this podcast comes out where I'm not on Twitter right now. There could be an update. You know, I have no idea. Another thing that Woj reported today, um, the NBA all-star game that was supposed to be in Indianapolis this upcoming February may be a casualty of this truncated upcoming season. Nothing is official yet, but I'd imagine there will still be an all-star team. There might just not be a game. That would be a bummer, but I would understand. Unprecedented times, unprecedented measure. Um, anything else uh, you want to go over here, Ben, before we move on? No, I mean, I, I'll just be happy to have it back. I think it'll be crazy, but it's going to be fun, too. Uh, some different circumstances, for sure. Yeah, different circumstances. Definitely interesting we'll see how next season goes but it'll definitely be interesting so moving on our boy stan van gundy is he our boy i mean we we like like him yeah we like stan we stand like the tweets Yeah. yeah stan van gundy has been hired to be the next head coach of the new orleans pelicans it's a four year deal and we as fans i mean we're losing a great analyst but this has got to be I think it's good for New Orleans. He had a lot of success in Orlando uh, coaching. You know, they picked Dwight Howard over him, which was probably a mistake. Hindsight, you know, hindsight. Uh, he didn't do NBA s- champion Dwight Howard. Yeah, now. Oh, That's rough to say. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he had a little more uh, more of a tough time in Detroit, where I also believe he was an executive. So maybe that, you know, that had something to do with it. He's only being hired as a coach here. Ben, is this a good hire? I think it is. Yeah, no, I think you're right. The uh, it, It's easy to look at his uh, tenure in Detroit and kind of say, eh, you know, I don't know about that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I think he made the playoffs with the Pistons who, you know, have never had a lot of talent. And I, I think a part of the problem was that, is that he had that dual coach GM role and yeah. made some less than stellar moves as GM. The Reggie Jackson contract comes to mind. Um, but you know, now he's back with a team that already has talent, uh, and he's just coaching and like, that's his bread and butter. He's a, he's a delightful character. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think it'll, it'll be fun. Um, I makes the West even more scary, but yeah, I think it's a a really good move from, uh, New Orleans A move. Maybe I just, uh, didn't, wasn't tapped into the right sources, but, um, I was kind of surprised uh, to see he was the guy that they uh, hired because I, I wasn't aware he was kind of being floated. So I, I was aware. Maybe I'm giving too much credit here. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was Kevin O'Connor who first reported that he was a finalist there. And that oh, was yeah. yeah, maybe not quite a week before he was officially hired. So I, I knew that that was a rumor that was out there. I do think it's a good hire. Really good point about it possibly being uh, troublesome for the rest of the West. I think he's a really good X's and O coach. I think he's a player coach. A lot of people like him. I think now that people know his kind of social views, especially in the NBA, people are going to like him even more. His players are going to like him even more. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but I like Stan. So I'm excited. That's a young up and coming team. Um, Hopefully, hopefully we can grab drew from him and in the off season. Hey, Ben, just, just so everybody knows, a little teaser. We're going to do a Nuggets off-season preview next week or the week after. We might have even teased that last week, saying that we might do it this week. But there was a lot of news that came out this week, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. Might might apparently have a Bulls season t- uh, preview, too, coming, I hear. For all of our John stands out there, we are trying to get John back on the pod. He, As we said last last week, he's done. He's not going to be a regular contributor anymore, but he's still a Patty Mount boy. He won't have a microphone. He's not one of the microphone boys, but uh, we'll try to get him on again to talk about his bulls. So after flirting with the Houston Rockets, Ty Lue, what a tease. He has agreed to a five-year deal to become the Clippers' next head coach. This makes the most sense uh, to me. Not really a surprising move. Uh, Ty Lue is a player's coach. I think he's a pretty good X's and O's coach, has a good relationship reportedly with Kawhi and maybe even PG who has a good relationship with PG. Uh, I think we give, we give him too much of a hard time. I think generally players like PG, I don't know, maybe, maybe not his current teammates. I think Mello and uh, Westbrook got along with him. Anyway, yeah. uh, Lou has a great track record as both an assistant and a head coach. As we all know, he helped lead the Cavs to an NBA championship back in 2016. 
what I really want to talk about here, because that was pretty expected news, wouldn't you say, Ben? Yeah, I think so. That was, uh, I think the smart money had him getting it all along. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I really want to talk about here, sad news for Nuggets fans, Chauncey Billups is joining Ty Lu as his lead assistant. Uh, what the hell, Chauncey? You know, we just, the Nuggets just kicked the Clippers ass in the NBA, in, in the second round of the NBA playoffs, you're, he's a local, he grew up here in Denver. He's a, he's a Denver native. He's still a Denver resident. I think his, well, resident of course means he still has a house here. His family lives here. Um, this is a bummer for me. Great, see, oppor- great opportunity see you for boy, him. Right? See to, you boy. Yeah. Went to school down the road at Boulder. Yeah. yeah. And then played for the Nuggets. He played for the Nuggets a couple times and yep. Listen, I, I, in all honesty, it's a great opportunity for Chauncey. I'm glad that he's going to a team that he has a chance to really make an impact with. Um, he's a great locker room player when he played. I imagine he's going to be a great assistant coach. He's kind of been rumored the last couple of years to, to be like a finalist for a few different uh, executive positions. But I think he's going to be a great coach too. Uh, great opportunity. Happy for the guy. What might this mean for our uh, Instagram cover boy this episode, Sam Cassell? He was an assistant, kind of a hot name for other uh, head coaching jobs. He's obviously not going to be the lead assistant in uh, L.A. anymore, or potentially, you know. Is Houston in the mix? I haven't heard anything, but the the two openings now that you're that are left are Houston and the OKC Thunder. I haven't heard much about Becky Hammond either. I think OKC would be great for her. Houston, maybe I don't want, I don't want that to be her first. I mean, she'd probably have success there, but you know, a lot of expectations with that job. I I wonder what, I wonder what Houston's going to do now, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's not the most desirable job. I don't think, Um, but you know, I say that, but you are going in there with uh, two uh, MV former MVPs on your roster. Um, you know, one maybe was less deserved than the other, but, uh, you know, there's, there's something there, but yeah, it's, it seems to be a, uh, a team that's kind of, you know, I, I think there's a reason that, uh, a good coach and talented coach like Mike D'Antonio said, no, thanks. I'm done. And a, uh, very good GM similarly said, Nope, I'm going to walk away from this job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know where they're going. Uh, I I hope Sam doesn't take that job. Sam can do better than that, I think. Sam can do better. Uh, stay as an assistant for another year. Take that OKC job. Again, I haven't heard anything about Sam Cassell other than he was a poten- – I think he was a potential replacement in in L.A. and in Houston. Well, So maybe I have heard something about Houston, but I can't remember. There's been a lot of rumors going around uh, when it, it comes to the coaching ranks. I got a name for Houston. Okay. Vinny Del Negro. Whoa. Bring him really? back. Really? <laughs> as far as I know, that name hasn't been mentioned for years uh, when it comes to coaching opportunities. I, I don't know why. Uh, you know, Vinny has some sharp suits and stuff. Like, I feel like you look good sitting on that uh, Houston bench. So. Suits help make the man. I'm telling you. So I'm going to, we're, we're just going to keep on Houston. I'm going to skip a couple, skip a couple stories here to get to a Woj bomb. Everybody knows this by now, but I want to mention it. Woj reported last week that Daryl Morey, as you mentioned, Ben, stepped down as Houston Rockets GM. He also reported that the Rockets plan to promote Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Raphael Stone, to the GM position. Going to be a tall task for Raphael. You know, the the Red Ninja Turtle here. Uh, But Stone has apparently played a huge part in the Rockets team building while he's been there. So there's some continuity um, I think a lot of people, I mean, who knows who the next head coach is going to be, but I, I really wonder if they're going to play a lot of the same style. I imagine they won't completely abandon it. Cause like regular season, it's worked. Uh, maybe you want to get a big man though. You know, you're going up against, maybe. if you're, if you're ever going <laughs> to go up against the uh, you know, teams like the Lakers or the, or the nuggets, or even a team with like a good, you know, pick and roll, pick and pop, not pop, but like a pick and roll guy like uh, Utah has with Rudy yeah. Gobert. I don't like to give him a lot of credit, but Rudy Gobert's, you know, he's a lob threat against a team like Houston. He's going to eat. 
Yeah. Um, I just want to give Maury his damn respect, as LeBron yeah. would say. So in Maury's time with Houston, the team had the second highest win percentage of any NBA franchise. I believe it was right around 60%. Very impressive. Only trailing the San Antonio Spurs. And Houston has the current longest playoff streak, making the playoffs in the last eight years. Daryl Morey is definitely not going to be hurting after this. He's going to find another home. Probably won't be this offseason. As far as I know, there's no openings anywhere. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not aware of any. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. So the coaching carousel is round and round, Ben. The Indiana Pacers have found their new head coach, and it is University of South Dakota Coyotes alum and current, well, not current anymore, but was Nick Nurse's uh, assistant coach in Toronto, Nate Bjorkgren. Wow. I believe believe is how you say it. The Yotes. Uh, Can we get a howl or something? uh, Yotes don't howl. They make like screeching sounds. They're really hard to do. I won't do it with our new microphone. It might, you know. Maybe if we had the old microphones, kind of crappy. Just we, doing we need a yote sound effect. That's what we need. We just, just drop it. All right. Hit a See, button. I've heard yote sound effects before, and it's like a howl. But yotes don't howl. They like screech. Okay. Well, we're gonna need one because this this yotes coaching tree is running deep now. And then I I want to talk about this yote coaching tree. It's two branches long now, <laughs> but. It, it has a very sturdy base. Though. It's prominent, very sturdy base. The base is Nick Nurse. Uh, the base is Vermilion, South Dakota. This is great news for the Yote Alumni Association. They're going to write a story about him. They got, what if I should do some freelance work for the Yote Alumni Association magazine? I need to get in contact here. Um, man, Yotes are going crazy. I put out a tweet the other day. I only have 14 followers, right? But I added... Uh, the Coyote Athletic, uh, athletic, you know, handle and University of South Dakota didn't get a like from either one of them. I don't think anybody saw it, but trust me, the Alumni Association is going crazy. The Yotes are making their presence their presence felt in the NBA. I anticipate because of this, Ben, the Pacers will be a title contender this year. Wow! Wow! This year, Nate Bjorkgren, Coach of the Year. Whoever the executive is there, executive of the year, uh, Oladipo is going to want to stay. Miles Turner is going to want to stay. And that's a championship team. <laughs> right there. Yeah, that's all, all right. Need. Yeah. That's all you need. So, <laughs> I mean, well, once you put in uh, USD coaching, yeah. Oh, USD um, coach. I mean, I mean, I mean, frankly, I think we need to look into trademarking the uh, Yotes coaching tree. Maybe get some merchandise out there because it, it's going to blow up. Uh, Why don't it's, it's we do it? It's just a matter of time. So. John might not be a part of the recordings every week anymore, but he is our our merch guy. Uh, we have some Patty Melt Boy shirts that we're definitely going to be wearing to the next. I hope next summer. I bet next summer we'll be able to have a summer league. We'll be Let's back. Hope so we'll be back um, at summer league. Let's. We're going to go to a lot of Pacers games then, and uh, mm. we're gonna we're gonna talk with Nate. We're going to get a picture with Nate and Nick Nurse. Me, John, both USD alums, you know, posted up like with it. Nick Nurse and Nate, Nate Bjork, Bjorkgren. <laughs> We're going to get it done. <laughs> Nate You're going to hear that. I might not be saying, I think I'm saying it right. I haven't ever heard the name, but I think that I got it right. And you're going to be hearing that name a lot, uh, Patty Meltboy listeners. You are going to be hearing that name a lot. Shams dropped another gem today, Ben when he reported that Amari Stoudemire will be joining Steve Nash's bench as an assistant coach in Brooklyn. I also saw that he's going to be focusing on player development. Ben, I think the Nets are pretty cool already just because of Durant and their jerseys. They got the, the Kuji, the Kuji piping, the bit, you know, notorious BIG piping on some of their jerseys there. Um, I think they're a very cool team, even if they, you know, they're, very injured last year, but even if they haven't been great for, for really ever since they've been in Brooklyn. Um, but are they even cooler now? The Nets are pretty damn cool. They're pretty cool. I think Amari, yeah, yeah, makes them cooler. People forget like how good Amari or how like cool Amari was when he first yeah. came into the league with the Suns and Nash. Like he was pretty damn cool. Like it's easy to remember after he got traded to the Knicks and like 
basically like his knee got hurt a lot and stuff yeah. and yeah it was, wasn't much of a player after that but yeah i mean that he was pretty damn cool for a while there so adding him as a player development um guy that's that's gonna be good i mean i don't know he works with maybe jared allen like they have a lot of vets there so i'm not exactly sure who he's working with but yeah uh yeah that that definitely adds the cool factor which is what what the nba is all about it's very true. It's it's going to be really cool for Nets fans going to a game not only to see Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, but to also see on the bench Joe Harris, Steve Natch, Joe Harris. <laughs> Maybe agent. we'll see. He's a free agent. We'll talk about that next week. Desirable target for the Nuggets, though. I don't think they'll mm. be able to mm. get him. How great would he be on the perimeter with Jokic, like slinging the ball around? I think, yeah, either, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it next week, but boy, if the Nuggets had a knockdown three-point shooter, be game over, West. It's it over. would elevate them to another another stratosphere. So as our boy Adam Mares of the DMVR NBA and Nuggets podcast would say, the ball is popping. That's what he likes to say when the Nuggets are moving the ball around. Well, guess what, Ben? The Pepsi Center has be, has been renamed the Ball Arena. The ball is going to be popping. Cronky Sports and Entertainment announced a partnership with Ball Corporation yesterday that includes the naming rights of the Nuggets Arena and will lead to Ball providing beverage packaging in the Ball Arena in Denver, Lo-Fi Stadium, home of the LA Rams, in LA, and Arsenal Soccer Arena, Emeritus Stadium in London. This is a global partnership. Um, it is aluminum packaging for all of their beverages. Uh, the Nuggets started to do this last year. It's very nice. Like the cup is very nice uh, and it's very recyclable. I, I think in like 60 days, an aluminum an aluminum material can be recycled into something brand new. So this is a very environmentally friendly. Uh, it's going to include uh, recycling education throughout these markets. I think it's a very cool deal. And Ball Arena is a great name for a basketball arena. As I alluded to, the ball is going to be popping. I'm excited. How excited are you, Ben? This is, I was actually going to, before today's news about the NBA season maybe starting December 22nd, this is what I was going to lead with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was making waves for sure. Yeah. NBA, Twitter. I, I mean, yeah. it's uh, there is a lot of material here that, that uh, people are going to, sports writers, headline writers are going to work with for decades yeah. to come maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be interested in your thoughts. Like I, I saw a lot of, a lot of, uh, as we all know, right now, Pepsi center is referred to as the can or nickname yeah. the can. Everybody's wondering. So what is it now? Is it the, the jar? Do you stick with the can? Yeah. Do you not overthink it? You call it the ball. Um, there's a lot of potential out there. And then there's a lot of like potential slogans, you know, the yeah. ball is popping ball. Don't lie. There's a lot. There's a lot that Nuggets marketing is ball be able so to do with hard. This. Yeah, ball so hard. A lot of I mean, great the marketing. The possibilities are pretty endless. Yeah, so, so I, I like it though. So it is referred to as the can right now because it was the Pepsi Center. Um, so for those of you that that don't know, Ball Corporation. Look at any mason jar you have. That's the Ball Corporation. It says ball right on it. So that's what we're talking about here. Why we're saying maybe it'll change to being known as the jar. I brought this up to my fiance player. She said, well, it could still be the can because of canning. You can mm -hmm. with those jars. So it could still be the can. I like the jar, you know, jarring the, the, the crowd. It's jarring when you go in there, the noise, the decibel levels. I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch. I don't know what you call it. The ball is pretty cool too. The I'm, head, is, I'm heading to the ball. Nice. It kind of has like a hipster vibe to it, you know, like, I don't just drinking think out like, of a jar. Yeah, I don't just yeah. drink like my uh, fancy cocktail out of a uh, out of a can. I drink it out of a jar. Yeah, or like know? a tall, like a tall glass. I think those are yeah. called uh, ball glasses. Well, am I tripping? I, I I'm not a glass specialist. <laughs> we can try to get one of those on, but yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of possibilities here. It's, it's going to be fun. Also, I mean, I think Ball Corp is they do a lot of stuff. I think they do they space do, exploration. They do air. Yes, they do aerospace. Yep. Because I mean, as we know, the Nuggets' future is over the moon. So uh, 
it's going into outer space it's lifting off <laughs> you know where so. you know where i i also saw there is uh vic lombardi of altitude did an interview on the radio yesterday i didn't listen but i saw a little clip of it on twitter he did an interview with uh one of the heads of ball corporation they have a big plant in serbia how about that serbian Ooh. connection as well i like they it. love nikola Jokic over there and hey uh john's big concern here was pepsi what's pepsi gonna do well i have i have just for all you pepsi heads out there do not fret pepsi is still the official beverage of the arena pepsi's not going anywhere everybody everybody stay calm ben are you ready for our new off-season segment off-season rumor roundup Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. To nobody's surprise, it was reported last week by our boy Shams that Anthony Davis will opt out of his player option on the final year of his contract worth nearly $29 million and re-sign with the Lakers this offseason whenever that free agency period uh, actually starts. That extension could be anywhere from two to five years, depending on how AD and Rich Paul want to go about this. Also reported by Shams, as we discussed in our last pod, Ben, the Heat plan to go all in on their pursuit of Giannis Antetokounmpo in free agency after next season, the 2021 offseason. I would guess they will try to free up cap space necessary for that move through different trades, releases, whatever they got to do going into the offseason right before free agency starts um, over the course of that, that time period. Um, who knows what could happen? I don't think they should. We've talked about this too last week. I don't think they should trade anything for him uh, because he's going to be a free agent probably no matter what next offseason. You might have to offload some contracts before you can sign him, but don't trade away any of your youth. Uh, and that this would kind of have ramifications for Bam Adebayo, though, would potentially mean waiting on an extension for Adebayo until next offseason instead of this offseason. I think for the good of the team at Obio would be fine with it because his extension, the money wouldn't start until next season or two seasons from now anyway. So he'd still be getting the paid this paid the same this upcoming season, regardless of an extension or not. Um, but what if he gets hurt? What if yeah. that, you know, what if that's always the thing with, with uh, holding off on these extensions I mean, yeah, what's going to happen here? I, that would suck for Bam, but I think he'll probably take one for the team. But, man, that would suck if he got hurt. He's headed for a max contract, and if he got hurt, no more max contract. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's a pretty tough decision um, for him to make, you know, just to to sort of forgo that guaranteed money going forward. So I, I don't know. I don't have any inside info here. Um, if I was him, like I'd take, I'd take the money when I can get it. Um, and it's guaranteed money. Figure, figure something else out. I don't know. It's guaranteed money. Hey, and say, you know what? Maybe if I'm bam, I say, you know, not in this colorful of language because you like these guys as teammates, but like fuck Duncan Robinson. <laughs> fuck tyler hero like we you love you might, duncan robinson we do and got, tyler you hero you yeah. gotta say if you're bam i'm like this is guaranteed money that i'm just gonna put off for a year i need this guaranteed money now a dollar now is worth more than a dollar a year from now if i'm bam at bam out of bio yeah it's gonna be interesting i i understand the heat's uh reluctancy to sign bam because then they have to do a little bit they have to do even more like cap balancing or cap acrobatics to sign Giannis, but they'd still be able to do it. I mean, yeah, screw I think that's the thing, right? I mean, if, if, if it comes down to it and Giannis wants to sign there, they can figure out a way to make it. Work, and then right? you can trade bam, but at least get him his yeah. money. Right. If yeah. it can't, if that, that's a last, like last ditch effort, you don't want to trade bam. But like, if that's the only way to get Giannis. Yep. Cause it's not like Giannis is like a 30 year old free agent. He's a 25 year old free agent. You yeah. absolutely trade Bam if you have to. I don't think it would come to that. I think Pat Riley would find a way to keep keep Butler, Bam, and still pursue Giannis. But yeah, I don't know. It's a balancing act. I I do have a lot of faith in Pat Riley, though. I think they'll figure he's, something. He's out. done it before. I'm, yeah. I feel maybe like he slide figure it out again. Maybe slide Bam some money under the table. I don't know. Yeah, I do one of those like Dirk Mavericks deals. I feel yeah. like uh, maybe the Heat kind of did that with back end. Wade beat for yeah. um, just kind of hey, we'll take care of you. 
you know, we'll uh, bring you into the front office on a big contract once you're done. <laughs> so yeah. something like that. Hey, Ben, we're moving on to our nuggets. That Shams report had a lot of information on it. Uh, we all suspect, and we've we've actually been told this before in other reports, uh, Mike Singer from the Denver Post had this report, uh, you know, at least a few weeks ago. The Nuggets and Jeremy Grant both have significant interest in Grant returning to the Nuggets with a new deal. Grant is reportedly going to opt out just like AD of that final year of his current contract in which he was, or in which he has a player option uh, to do so. And other teams said to be interested in Grant are the Mavs, Suns, and Pistons. Who else do you think might have a chance here in free agency for Grant? The Mavs, to me, seem like the only other team that can really offer winning a title in the near future as a reason for him to stay. Uh, the Suns, listen, when I look at the starting lineup for the Suns, I think they they could really uh, up their level by adding a player like Grant. But I do know that the desire from both sides, Grant wants to be here in Denver. Denver obviously wants him. The Mavs got to be the biggest threat here, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Just taking the financial considerations off the table, I feel like the Mavs are the only threat. Um, yeah. You know, especially if he's looking at, like, where he's going to fit. I don't think he's going to fit anywhere better than Denver, given, you know, how he how he fits around uh, Nikola. Nikola. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I the Mavs look like uh luca is a playmaker he could like i'm sure facilitate stuff for him as well probably not as well as Jokic. and then but then you go down the list to the suns like come on what's devin like what's he gonna do with devin booker like he's gonna play a bunch of d but he's not gonna get a bunch of open it's not gonna get the looks yeah yeah i mean he's just gonna be standing around like i don't and the pistons like i don't know get the fuck out of here detroit yeah like i'm sorry like i don't even know why detroit wants to do that like grant is we love grant on this podcast but grant is the player like you add when you already are kind of like you know in that contending sphere to put him over the top as the nuggets did last year he's not gonna be a star the more i think about it like i just really hope the nuggets bring him back um i think they'll be able to to, and I, i hope so they absolutely need to, and I think they'll be able to. Uh, like we, like has been reported, they both want it to happen. I think the number could creep up. You know that I think Mike Singer reported the number could be fourteen to sixteen million. I think it could creep up even higher. There's very few teams with cap space. Some of them are going to go a little bit higher for some of these players than they would like to under normal circumstances. Another reason why I don't think this makes sense for the Mavs, even though they're reported to be interested here, they're also reported to be in the Giannis running. They're not going to offer Jeremy Grant $20 million a year. They're not going to pay him more than they should if it costs them the opportunity to go after Giannis next year. I'm very confident. uh, I'll say 95% because there's always a chance, but I'm very confident from everything I'm hearing, everything I'm reading that the Nuggets – and Grant will come to an agreement. Here's what the Nuggets provide, Ben. A starting spot at the four next to the greatest passing big man of all time, like you said, Jokic. A young core of Jokic, who's 25, Murray, who's 23, MPJ, who's 22, and Grant himself at 26. Gary Harris is also 26. A young core that just went to the Western Conference Finals will compete for a finals run yet again next year. If they make it, who knows? The West is tough as hell. But they're also a team that Grant already has great chemistry and rapport with and has proven yep. to be a great fit. So all signs point to the Nuggets, and I couldn't be happier. When they traded for him, I was pumped. All it took was a first-round pick, and they ended up with Bull Bull anyway last year. Right. So, like, who cares about a first-round pick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the pick was, like, what, end of 20 It was in the 20s. 22, yeah, it was late. Like that. It was late, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point, though. Like, he knows his role with this team, and he fits the role, like, He's, he's not asked to do a lot on offense, but he, he is asked to do some things on offense. And then on defense, he's a really big part of the team. And uh, he's, he's shown he can he can play that role perfectly. So, like, I really hope for both parties, they just, uh, they just get a deal done. Amen. We're going to stay with the Nuggets, and this is going to be talked about at length next week in our preview pod for the Nuggets uh, offseason preview. 
But according to Yahoo's Vincent Goodwill, just yesterday, he said about 10 teams are monitoring Drew Holiday's availability from the Pelicans this offseason and, quote, one team hot after him is the Denver Nuggets eager to capitalize on their appearance in the West Finals, end quote. It's going to be a great fit. Um, MPJ has also been rumored to be nearly untouchable in trades, and that's a good call. So uh, two little bits of news for all of our Nuggets fans out there listening like I said, we're going to talk about this more, but Drew Holiday would be ideal for this team. I think that they could stand to get a little bit bigger um, in the front court, if especially if Mason Plumlee doesn't come back. We'll talk about him next week. But uh, Drew Holiday, seamless fit. Anything to add there, Ben? No. Uh, I mean, it will be interesting to see. Like, I feel like thus far they've wanted a lot for him. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Here's what I'll say in a little tease. I think both teams, and especially even more so now, but I thought this before the NBA season might be starting as early as December 22nd. I think both the Pelicans with their new coach, Stan Van Gundy, the Nuggets with their continuity and trying to work uh, MPJ into the starting lineup and Bull Bull into like a bench roll, Bull Bull bench roll. Um, I think both teams are not going to make this trade this offseason. If it happens, it's going to come more towards the trade deadline whenever that is next year. Because I think both teams need to at least play this out. The Nuggets need to see what they can do with MPJ in the starting lineup, how well that meshes together. Can Gary Harris, who really only has to play it with that starting lineup, would only have to be like a solid defender, which he's going to be every night. And just if he can be back to like that 38 to 40% three-point shot, and just start to cut a little bit more like he used to, he could still be very effective. So the Nuggets, I think, are going to wait. The Pelicans, with with their new coach, like I said, are going to wait. That's just my opinion on that. So I think it's going to be more of a trade deadline deal anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, that makes sense. I hope you're right on that. Um, yeah. I want to see – I love – so. I, I agree, a Nuggets fan's perspective. I love Gary Harris. He's the longest-tenured Nugget. He's solid. Like, yes, his offense has kind of fell off a little bit these last couple of years, but he's still got it in him, and he's only 26 himself. Like, Mm -hmm. he hasn't even hit his prime probably yet, at least as far as, like, most players go. Or he's starting. He's starting as – should be starting as prime. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is we saw Jamal reach another level, and, I I mean, bringing in Drew would, like, affect sort of that dynamic – Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in a positive way, but I, I, I kind of just want to give Jamal, like, let's see this dude become like as good as he can become. So give him a little bit more space, I think. So, yep. yep. I agree. Another report, Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings and Serbian national team fame has a strong restricted free agency suitor in the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are said to be looking for additional playmaking and shooting to surround Giannis and Middleton with. So the pursuit certainly makes sense because of the Serbian connection with Jokic. The Nuggets also make sense fit wise, I think here uh, he'd be a shooting guard. So, you know, Gary Harris, whatever we just talked about him. We love him, but uh, they very likely couldn't afford Bogdanovich, the Nugget. So it's all good. The Kings also seem to be in a position to either match an offer for Bogdanovich this offseason and commit to him while looking for a trade partner to part ways with Buddy Heald or doing the exact opposite and just committing to Buddy Heald and letting Bogdan go. Um, I don't know. We'll see. This is only interesting to me. I don't give a shit about the Kings, but I would love to see <laughs> Bogdanovich in that Serbian connection. I know him and Jokic are, you know, have both played together in Serbia. Not a lot uh, I, of Kings content on this podcast. Not Shout a ton. Out Justin James is still on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, go pokes. Go pokes. We talked go to pokes. University of South Dakota already, so we can talk Wyoming too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this just came out yesterday. ESPN's Bristol campus will host the virtual 2020 NBA draft on November 18th. Commissioner mm-hmm. Adam Silver and Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum will be live from the ESPN studios to announce those selections. That's cool. I mean, at least there's at least there's going to be some sort of live in-person element to this. It's going to be no crowd, but that'll be pretty normal with them being there in person. I was going to ask, do you think they'll pipe in the booze for Adam Silver? That was lame as hell when they did it in the NFL. With did they Ro- do that? They did <laughs> it with Roger. That. Oh, well, they didn't pipe it in, but they had like they had like screens behind him with 
with fans of the team that was that was making the pick like live feed you know and they'd boo when he came when he like was about to make the pick and he'd turn around to the screens and like <laughs> do this uh, little like come on give it to me leave and it to the nfl to do something like that Jeez. leave it yeah leave it to roger goodell right I tell you uh on a personal note ben exciting news for me I saw and purchased one of LeBron's first ever Wheaties boxes this past weekend at a grocery store. So if anybody out there wants, get at me in about 20 years and you can purchase that from me. Hopefully it'll be worth something. Shout out to my fiance, Claire. She wanted me to mention that today. And I think it's a good thing to mention. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be valuable, but we're, I'm trying. I know some of the old Wheaties boxes can be pretty valuable. I don't know if it's rare. Um, I know this is his first ever Wheaties box, which surprises me. First ever. Uh, first wow. ever. Yeah. First I would ever. I have guessed. Huh? Hey, that's what I was told. If I'm if I'm wrong, you know, somebody somebody at me. At I me. mean, I'm no Wheaties box aficionado, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah, listen, I'm not either. But hey, I saw it and I jumped on it. There were only two other boxes there, and they were Serena Williams. So I don't know how rare <laughs> the LeBron one is. It is his no, first. Sounds so, kind of rare. I Only mean, hey, boxes. could be rare. Could be rare. And I also came into possession of four Shaquille O'Neal rookie cards at my parents' house this last weekend. Big memorabilia wow. weekend for me, Ben. Jeez. Those are worth. And these cards look very pristine. My dad's had them since that, you know, 92, whatever year it was. He got them that year. He had four of them. They've been in a case since then so they look very pristine no you know no uh bent corners or anything like that so i think i'm going to send them into psa soon they can be pretty not like super valuable what's our uh what's our guy john moeller say about these are are uh, they quite a find john said they were john liked them uh and our other buddy uh nick corshane who's big into cards said that that's like the shack rookie card to have so right. which surprised me because <laughs> they're just like <laughs> tops or something tops brand and i just sent them to him and he was like that's the nice one and i was like are you being serious because i have they don't look that special but like they're from 92 so they look like what 92 cards look like <laughs> um but my dad had four of them and if they're like a if they're rated like a 10 you know on a rating scale of one out of 10 they're they're worth a hundred plus dollars so for four hey. little, for four, they're no, they're no $1.2 million LeBron rookie card or anything, but like, you know, for four little pieces of cardboard, if I could, yeah. pull, if I could pull it's down enough, close to 500 bucks, that'd be pretty sweet. Enough to buy a trip to summer league. Oh, easily. And I still have the and trip. And pay about, for drinks. Yeah. I'll pay for Maybe a round get for sure. some uh, in and out burger. Heck, hey, what, with what those I... cards you could get uh <laughs> shake shack. Oh, I could definitely, I could get, I could get, two meals from Shake Shack with the, with one of those cards. <laughs> I am going to keep one of the cards no matter what. So I'll only sell three um, is my plan, but it's summer league. Like the celebrities show up for that. If Shaq's there, what if, if I could get one of those signed to be worth way you, more, you should bring the Wheaties box too. That's a good idea. I'd have to Might keep a it pristine though. Around, I'd have to keep but, it pristine, yeah, but. but Hey, but, you know, <laughs> LeBron will probably be there. I mean, well, who knows? Like last time, last time, uh, who would be in next year's draft class? We don't need to talk about that because I'm not a big draft guy, but like that would be next after next season summer league. So whereas Zion was the reason that like all the big players came out this year, I think normally big players come out anyway, but like, let's say summer league was happening actually with this draft class upcoming. I mean, LaMelo Ball, so, like, Lonzo would be there. He was there last time. Like, right. I don't know. Who's really coming out for, for this yeah. year's draft class? So, I'm assuming We Summer would. League, Patty Mount Boys would. Yeah, I'm assuming Summer League is, is off the table now. It's off. The, the plans, yeah. but it's Next a good summer, year for it to be, be off, I think. It is a good year. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, ben, Silver anything, linings in 2020. That's what we're looking for. Let's And, and more merch. We got to get more merch. USD coaching tree. I, we do should we should do that? A tree with just both of their faces, just two faces on it, <laughs> or just like a Nick Nurse like tree with a uh, yeah with a, one branch, uh, yeah one lonely Nate Bjorgensen, Co- Bjorgensen. a Coach B branch, Coach yeah. B. <laughs> so that is it for us guys. Ben and I will be back next week or the week after, as I said, with our Nuggets off season preview. 
going to try to get John on for that Bulls preview. I talked to my boy, Mike P when I was back last weekend, Ben, he wants to come on for a Timberwolves preview. Um, we're going to, yes, we're going to talk draft. We're going to talk free agency, potential trades, what the lineup might look like next year, going into the season, uh, for our nuggets, whenever that will be. Looks like December 22nd. Let's keep our fingers crossed. We also talked about having some guests on. Like I said, we're going for it. As always, thank you for listening and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram where we are at Patty Mount Boys. Peace out. We'll see you next week.